0: Welcome to How to Live with the Rich, a limited series podcast about how the middle class can actually, practically, and biblically help the poor. I am your host, Bec Isaacson, and welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello everyone and welcome to our food episode of How to Live with the Rich. As always, I am so thankful that you are here. And since we are talking all about food today, I thought it would be a great idea to start off my tiny happy thing all about food. And to be totally fair, a lot of them have already been about food, but here is a short list of three foods that make me unbelievably happy. So first up on the list is fresh baked sourdough bread with Kerrygold pure Irish butter. And you guys, like seemingly everybody else on the planet, I got into baking sourdough on a weekly basis during COVID. And wow, what a glorious time of my life. I picked up my starter from like this weird lady on Facebook marketplace and that started this glorious weekly ritual of feeding my starter and making the dough and letting it rest and rise it was a whole 3 day process and then baking it on Fridays and eating it all on Fridays and oh my gosh just the thought of it and my mouth is watering because I mean, it's like a well-known thing, but there is truly nothing better in this life than the smell and the taste of fresh baked bread, especially with that particular butter. I, in this life, am perfectly content buying the generic brand of just about anything, but butter is not one of them. Uh, The butter that I'm talking about, it's called Kerrygold Irish Butter. It comes in this green package. It is the best. It is glorious. All butters are absolutely not created equal, and that one is my fave. All right, we need to move on or I'm going to get stuck right there. And you guys already know that I have a great and deep passion for pasta salad, but what I have not told you is my all-time favorite food, which is ravioli. And every year growing up for our birthdays, we got to pick our birthday dinner, and every year, without fail, I would choose ravioli. I mean, I'm sure that for me, it's like 50% the taste and 50% nostalgia, but there is basically nothing better for me than this fresh, high quality ravioli, especially if you accompany it with garlic bread. And I do have a quick story on that because I'm pretty sure it was the first year that I had my birthday in the USA. And I told my husband, or he was probably my boyfriend at that time, but I told Luke all about this whole birthday ravioli tradition thing. And he so sweetly said that he would like to make it for me. You know, which is just so kind. But of course, uh, he made me a little worried because he really, really, really is not a cook. But then I thought, you know what? Of all the things in the world that you can make, ravioli is pretty much the easiest thing on earth. I mean, you boil water... it cooks for like three-ish minutes and then all you need to do is drain it and heat a sauce and if you don't inherently know that then all you have to do is read the instructions because I've always said if you can read then you can cook but anyway, (laughs) what I didn't think about was the fact that on the packet of the ravioli um, it had like a photo of the ravioli with sauce and cheese on it and Luke just assumed that All of those things would be contained in the packet. And so what he ended up serving me was just a dry, plain, sauceless bowl of ravioli. Which, I mean, it was cooked. I'll give him that. But yeah, do not zero out of ten stars recommend that. But when it is done correctly, it is so, so good. Ravioli is the best, best, best. And lastly and finally, cheesecake. I mean you guys I'm really not a cake fan. I don't really like icing. Cake kind of tastes like fluffy air to me a little bit, but cheesecake is a different story and I basically lose all of my self-discipline because it I mean cheesecake is essentially just sugar and cream cheese, but I'm I'm not mad about it. I I do prefer like the chocolate heavy ones, give me a little bit of caramel caramel, caramel, depending where you're from in the world, Um, some chocolate chips, chocolate flavoring of any variety, really, and I'm there. I do prefer chocolate over, like, fruity ones, but I will take whatever I can get. It's the best. I love cheesecake. And so those are my tiny happy food things for today. Sourdough bread, ravioli, and cheesecake, in my opinion, the absolute best three-cost meal. I actually want all of them right now, but I'm going to do my best to practice some self-control at least for as long as it takes me to finish recording today's episode. So let's take a little salivation break and come back to talk about all things global inequality and food. All right, let's talk about food. Obviously, it is a really big, it's a very important topic because it is quite literally a building block for life itself. And so to start us off, let's talk about five food facts. Fact number one, one in nine people in the world today are undernourished without enough to eat. That is 815 million people. And without change, this number is expected to go to 2 billion by 2050. One in nine people, you guys, do not have enough to eat to meet their nutritional needs. One in nine. Madness. Then fact number two, uh, then on the flip side of this, is that two billion people in the world currently are either overweight or obese. And so therefore, the gap between the overfed and the underfed in this world right now is tremendous and another huge, huge area of global inequality. Fact number three, one in four children under the age of five in this world are of an inadequate height or weight for his or her age. This is largely caused by hunger and poor nutrition. And one in four, you guys, one quarter of children under the age of five in this world, this is a huge deal. And it leads to fact number four, that 45% of deaths in children under five are caused by poor nutrition. This is 3.1 million children every single year. This is obviously devastating. It should not be this way. It doesn't have to be this way. And speaking of which, it literally does not have to be this way because fact number five is this. It is estimated that one third of all the food produced worldwide ends up rotting or spoiling before its use due to poor transportation or harvesting practices. This is about 1.3 billion tons of food annually estimated at a value of around $1 trillion. And so I know that this leaves us in a pretty heavy place today because this is this is clearly just so unjust. It's it's so crazy that we have starvation and obesity epidemics existing in the same world together in the same place that a third of the food that we do produce actually goes to waste anyway. It is wrong in every way. It should not be this way. It's heartbreaking, but there are also things that we can do to be a part of the solution instead of the problem. And so let's jump into that. Let's talk Tuesday tips, both locally and globally, personally, as well as collectively. And first and foremost, and perhaps even most importantly, uh, while talking the topic of food, I think that we ourselves need to be responsible consumers and responsible stewards of the food that we have, because many of our choices do have huge implications, uh, not only on the environment, but also on the global poor. For example, the increasing global demand for meat is having direct influence on the rising levels of greenhouse gases and therefore sustainable food security, which affects the world's poorest people. But the good news is that there are a whole bunch of things that we can do to become responsible food consumers, and this can look a number of different ways. For example, we can buy seasonal and local produce. This helps to eliminate waste issues, as does growing your own food. I don't know about you, but I personally love growing a vegetable garden each year. It brings me great joy and it is a really fantastic way and often a really affordable way to feed yourself and your family. And a pro tip about that, that I have learned the hard way, only plant things that you actually want to eat because otherwise, like me, you will end up with 35 butternut squash that you cannot give away because nobody wants them. And I mean, I like butternut squash, but I don't like 35 of them. Or better yet, uh, on this whole thing of growing your own food, why not start or join a community garden? Because what an incredible opportunity to either learn how to grow your own food or teach others how to grow their own food and therefore take a good step, good direction in living sustainably did not work that well, but hopefully you get what I mean. Uh, and then I think just to continue with that vein, uh, composting your food scraps is then a great way to just continue on with this goodness cycle as it recycles nutrients back into the earth, which is awesome. And then secondly, if you are a meat eater, like myself, zero judgment, but Consider going meatless with meals. If you, for example, eat meat every single day, how about going just once a week without meat, and then um, aiming to increase your meatless days after that? There is this movement called Meatless Monday, that has a ton of information, and that may be a really great place to start. But why is that important? Why do we eat? Why should we eat less meat? Well. There's a lot to it, but essentially the meat and the dairy industries are significant contributors not only to climate change, but also to a wide variety of environmental resource issues such as species decline and water scarcity, declining soil health, things like that. The meat industry is actually doing incredible damage in the world, and quite simply, we can choose to reduce our part in it. Then, in addition to all of these things, we of course can be really careful that we are not wasting food, only buying what we are going to consume when we will actually consume it. And for most of us, let's be totally honest, this will include not purchasing that bag of optimistic spring mix every week, which realistically we are never going to consume or get through. And then, Again, when it comes to food, just really practically, we can also be some of those incredible people who bring other people real good, nutritious food when they are in need, such as families who are bringing home a brand new baby from the hospital or people who have loved ones who are sick. Food is just a really great way to bless people, to care for people, and to practically apply the concepts of justice and righteousness in our everyday lives. And so, all of those things are obviously actionable on a personal level, but we can also do things on a global level to alleviate food inequality as well. And as per usual, we can give. And in emergency relief situations, such as natural disasters or times of war, we can give to organizations that are providing food, meals, to those in need. This is simple, it is easy, it is needed, it is effective. And then in non-emergency situations, there are also a whole bunch of organizations that we can give to that provide producing animals such as you know chickens, goats, cows, or microloans to impoverished families to afford such animals, which is a sustainable solution for struggling families uh, to meet their food needs. These organizations often also have events and fundraisers that we can be a part of, things like 5Ks and walkathons and things like that. And we can also give our time to local organizations who package meals for those in need as well. And so, you guys, I know that was short and sweet, but that is food. It is one area of huge global inequality that we can combat right in our own homes and our own fridges and our own decisions and our own lives and we can also give both financially and without time as well i think that food is a very basic fundamental human right and we do currently have enough of it to go around. And so therefore I do believe that it is our responsibility to be responsible, to consume responsibly, to share what we have with our global neighbors. And on that note, let's finish up for today. And so thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. As always, you can reach me anytime over at how to live with the rich on Instagram or how to live with the rich at gmail.com. I will see you guys next week. Have a wonderful one. Bye.